Valvoline instant oil change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Mm -hmm. Their friendly certified technicians have over 270 hours of training and they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change. And uh, and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. And uh, they had me in and out in like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't. So, But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah, but I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. And they're like, literate. oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah, yeah I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah, so if you see Blay driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up. <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered, one-gig internet for $59.99 per month, plus a $150 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Hi, my name is Marie Bamford, and I feel excited about being Conan O'Brien's friend if he needs my friendship. Also, don't want to push it on him. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk and lose, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are going to be friends. Hey there, this is Conan O'Brien. Welcome to Conan O'Brien. Why is everyone laughing? <laughs> you gave it such a buildup like it was going to be something revolutionary. You did weird voices with your mouth. I warmed up. I went, and then I went, hey there, <laughs> this is Conan O'Brien. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, uh, the podcast that gives and gives and gives and then eventually gives out. <laughs> that's the that's the key. Uh, sitting here with, of course, Matt Gorley. Matt, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Usually I interv- uh, introduce uh, Sona first, but I thought I'd flip it up. Oh, okay. Show you that I'm agile. I have an agile mind. Sona, how are you? I shake things up. How are you? Introducing Matt first. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen here. Keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. How are you? I'm good. I'm not bad. I'm cool. Okay. All right. Very what, good. Do you want, what? Do you want me to say more? No. I think that's, I think that's adequate. You know, you did the minimum amount that you should do. <laughs> I am fine, and you. I think AI is, do you think AI can ever replace Sony? Everyone's talking about what AI can do. Yeah. There already are AI podcasts of, say, a Joe Rogan, and I'm sure there's already been some of you. You think so? Yeah, probably. I think this is very easily AI-able. I don't know. My mind is so hard to program or categorize. I could see algorithms being confused by my magical brain. Really? Because the listeners should know that Sona and I are just sitting in a room with an AI machine right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the two of you are not AI-able, but I think I am. That's I laugh true. and I just go, oh God, like that's what I do and that's You're fine. right. Yeah. Oh. We could probably just take uh, clips yeah. of Sona. Oh, absolutely. 
you know, oh boy, huh? Oh, really? Really? That's what you think? Yeah. yeah. And then we just split her salary? Uh, well, I would retain it all, I believe. Oh, what's in it for me then? Oh, nothing. You get nothing and I get more falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I really got into falconry over the summer. Yeah. Oh, you did? Wouldn't it be great if that was something I got into and I had the the glove and I had a whole bunch of falcons and they had the little blinders on and I had the jackets that they wear. When you they... should do that. No, you'd no? be the least falcony guy that's ever that's falconed because you'd just be like this the whole time, like covering your Cowering. face. Cowering. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd wear a, um, you know what people wear uh, when they're fencing. I'd wear one of those complete cages around my face. And and you, it would, the falcon would be rolling his eyes a lot. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> They well, put the, they put like the blinder on. They put the blinder on just so I couldn't see it roll its eyes. That's what they're there for. I would have sarcastic eyes. falcons, <laughs> sarcastic, passive aggressive falcons. Anyway, I've always been fascinated by the idea of uh, falconry. You should do it. Have you ever done it? No, I, I. I think we did on late night. We did so many animal segments over the years that I know I've probably had. A, I'm sure I've had a falcon on my shoulder and a falcon on my arm. Fans can look for it, and I'm sure it'll come up instantly. Whenever I say, no, I've never done blank, mm. instantly someone can find it on the internet. So yes, I'm certain that I've done it on television, but no, I don't even know how I would. I I actually, to be honest now, with you, I don't even know what it is. I think it's a thing now actually in the LA area, like a sort of thing that hipsters can go do and stuff. Is, hipsters do everything yeah. that comes from another time and has no use. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like churning butter. Yeah. Axe throwing. Uh -huh. Axe throwing. Surgery. What? I want you know I want a hipster surgeon. <laughs> when it's time for me to have surgery, I want a hipster to do These it. These are authentic rust-laden tools from the 18th century. <laughs> exactly, yeah. These are uh no, we, and exactly. We we do surgery before t the way it was done before the 20th century cuz it all got so sterile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do it with these rusty tools and uh we all grow weird beards and we don't clean them. And oh, then wow. The beard, the oily beard hair, falls into your open wound. Yeah. Uh, Fuck no. you, hipsters. Yeah. No, is that I'm what not, we're doing? No, we're not doing oh, that. I thought we were doing that because you guys got a little. That's half of Matt's friends. <laughs> you got to admit. No, I don't have hipster friends. You don't have hipster friends? Mm -mm. Come on. No, I don't think I do. I think I have pretty square friends. Okay. Yeah. Well, some squares are also hipsters. I guess that's true. Maybe. I don't know. You can't judge yourself from within, huh? What? What are you guys talking about? You know about? what? You've tried to sell that poster to college campuses. <laughs> you can't judge yourself from within, and it's a cat <laughs> hanging on a limb, or it's Einstein sticking out his tongue. I bet I could you sell that to You can't judge yourself from within. <laughs> It'd be great to just come up with terrible slogans and try and sell them to college campuses. You would be would so be good. good at that. Yeah. You're the one that you knew you had to be. Yeah. And then there's a turtle. <laughs> Yes. Bumping heads with another turtle. <laughs> just try to sell those on campus. Watch yourself get married. <laughs> I mean, just what's the image? That, no, the image never has anything to do with the same. No, it doesn't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like That's this like, glass of water. Yeah. yeah, it's just that glass of water, and then the saying is, "Whenever you think you were, that was what it was." <laughs> and it's just a Volks, yellow Volkswagen. It's a yellow Volkswagen. Tomorrow is yesterday's idea. <laughs> of what you ate and then it's a baby elephant sleeping wearing a sombrero 
<laughs> we're gonna sell that yeah, to somebody. We really have to. These I, are I, good. Merch. I'm smelling merch. merch. I want more. Can merch. you do another one? These are fun. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Come on, make me laugh. <laughs> Clown. <laughs> this AI is working pretty well. It is it? working really well. It gets him. Uh, sunshine is the regret you used to know during daylight. In my and mind. then just put underneath it Thoreau. You can just put anybody's name underneath it. You know what I'd love to do is just is sell a whole bunch that are like, shit's going down, Gandhi. <laughs> that's good. You know, that's what I want to do. Who farted? Thackeray. <laughs> Back that shit up, Jane Austen. <laughs> I want to sell those right now. We're on it. <laughs> right? Isn't that the isn't that back that shit up? Back that shit up! Jane Austen. <laughs> That's what we absolutely have to do. We're gonna get sued by everyone's estate. Oh come on. No, They're not that's paying fair attention. Use. Okay. Fair use. Oh, okay. Their copyright is yeah, expired. Everyone knows yeah. how Jane Austen talks. Yeah, if anyone knows it's you two about copyright law. There we go. We're good. Uh. <sighs> I'm crying. I'm actually crying a little bit. <laughs> that, back that shit up got me really good. Drop it like it's hot, ho. <laughs> Melville. <laughs> I'd hit that. Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to sell these. We should. And I don't see any legal or moral reason why we should. I don't think there could be. Because nope. you can do anything with those historical figures. If you've liked what I've just said, um, write to me, care of make that poster, dude. <laughs> at 2222 Scooby-Doo Avenue. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I'll get right back at you, postage included. No city, no state. Oh, come on, no... man. Yeah, state of cool. Oh. <laughs> city of here and now. Yep. Shabadoo ding dong. Habaskabaday. I got to pull the plug on this. I'm the one person, my wife is going to have me attached to a machine and then pull the plug. Just so She's she going to have the plug inserted just so she can yeah. pull it and I'll yeah. be perfectly healthy. <laughs> Smart. All right, we got to get into it. Yeah. Uh, my guest today is a hilarious comedian who starred in the Netflix series Lady Dynamite. She now has a new memoir titled Sure, I'll Join Your Cult, a memoir of mental illness and the quest to belong anywhere. Maria Bamford, welcome. I've talked to so many comedians, on, whether on late night, but especially on this show, and they talk about these early jobs they've had. People have had some really crazy jobs, but you had one that you talk about in the book where it's it's early, you're trying to get into show business, it hasn't quite gelled in stand-up yet, and you get this gig doing some kind of a Star Trek show. Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine, but it's a live show that you did at a mall? Yes. What? And, okay. Paramount had a subsidiary named uh, Paramount Park, so I'm sure has been dissolved, uh, and a man named Stan ran it, and um, he- It's always a Stan. <laughs> Stan. <laughs> 
Stan would tell us about fantastic new gigs. Uh, we're we're doing a Jack in the Box promotion. Uh, do you and a Klingon want to go out? And um, <laughs> we'd drive out to Pomona and uh, uh, stand around saying things like, Greetings, I'm Major Lanka of the planet Bajor. And... <laughs> So Get the you, fuck away from me. So you had to memorize all, right, you had to all, memorize right. all this stuff. Uh, well, I it was I am, can sometimes be half-assed when it comes to certain jobs. So stand-up I really care about, but that one I, I know I could have gone deep into the Bajoran uh, history <laughs> and uh, Star Trek itself. I did not. You didn't do it. Were you in makeup and stuff too? Oh, yes. This is my genetic makeup. Do you speak of, <laughs> oh, spirit gum. <laughs> oh, so you had to, no. if, if any kid oh, said to God. you, hey, nice mask, you'd have to say mask? Of yes. what do you speak, <laughs> yes. Earth creature? That kind of stuff? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, that's what I did. No one told did me you, to do it. Did you go, oh, did you go off? natural bleed. Natural gift. <laughs> and, and what is the, uh, and you go, in the book, you talk about going off script a bit. Yeah, with, yeah. Which was really funny. Well, because the I did read a little bit about the Bajorans, and it turned out they were kind of what I felt like. It was sort of the World War II Jewish experience mm-hmm. of that uh, realm. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and this is sci-fi. My, yeah. It's not real, but you decided to go deep into that and then bring that to the mall <laughs> and tell kids about it. Is that my correct? My parents, the last I saw from them, I was in the attic of... Uh, my parents' house. Yes, we had houses! <laughs> we were not animals. Oh, you have a wrinkly face. We are not too different, you and I. And I, I was playing with my paper dolls, and yet all I have left is my parents' is this bloody paper doll. I heard their screams. You were saying this to kids at a mall. Listen. Listen. Hey, hey lady, I just want some Jollibee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got a 45-minute shift. I got to keep their attention. We're in the food Oh, that court. would have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, you think I should be with a Ferengi? Because you'd like to see what would come out from us. Uh, What what trial we would have. (laughs) You just think of all the kids out there right now that are going to be stand-ups. And write books like yours because they went to the mall one day. <laughs> oh, there's a fun alien. How dare you look at me? <laughs> I was molested by a Grog. Nine tentacles it was. <laughs> Even though I felt a little pleasure, that pleasure. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute, what? Well, you kind of liked it somewhat? The confusion of the trauma is that you can't feel the shame of pleasure. (laughs) We've got to get this to the Star Trek people. This is good stuff. This is very good stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I I want to acknowledge that uh, the Star Trek it, it it is a it is a real world, and I did not mean to poop on it. <laughs> well, I don't think you did. Hey, okay, I think you. It's created. not like when you do a show, you have to acknowledge the the native land <laughs> that you're on. Yeah. It's it's fair game. Star no, you Trek, do with Star Trek too. You do. Yeah. You acknowledge this was all taken from Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Let me issue an okay. First of all, an apology. An apology. You have to tweet out an apology. Number one, I have to find out what I did wrong. That's Mm -hmm. the important thing when Uh, you do an apology. You say, "What is it that I did?" Maria, you know, (laughs) you know, deep down, you know. No, because then I have to. 
that's what I do. Then I repeat what the person says that I did, you know, uh, paraphrasing. And then I take that in Mm -hmm. and then I order a book um, (laughs) about it. And then I say, I bought this book. Is that a book to get? And then they usually say, yeah, I mean, I didn't really, it wasn't a big deal to me. I was just, I didn't think you would read this. <laughs> so wait, I, Maria, you the, yeah. the torture you put yourself through God, in, yeah. in the smallest ways, and you're such a lovely person. I I want to lift that burden from you. I do. Well, I, I'm not going to. No, uh, no. But I, uh, you know, there's it's there's a delightful safety in uh, uh, OCD in feeling you know th- that feeling of like oh if I did just the right thing right uh, then you can find relief. It never happens. Uh, it never happens. Everybody's <laughs> wondering, but um no yeah I like to. I like to feel like I I fully executed uh, the best. I'm sorry. Um, well, I, have I, you I, have you had to apologize for things publicly? Oh sure. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, my pretty much my whole career. <laughs> uh, but it's been yeah. I think of my 30 years as one long one long apology, <laughs> one long backing out of a cocktail party. Uh, you want to give it another shot right now? No, nah, we've covered things. it. Okay, but right. America, you know, I meant well. My um, mom at the end of her life was just sort of like constantly saying, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, just sort of like a water off a duck's back. Like, I'm just going to keep going and apologizing as I go. Whoops. Whoopsie. It's not a bad strategy <laughs> yeah, because sorry, 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 sorry is means that you're going to get it right sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad, that. it's not a bad default. It's a good thing for you to just sort of do now. Yeah, yeah I don't think so. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, we're in an interesting time as we record this yes. because the writer's strike is going. And Money. So, Let's talk about it. Well, <laughs> wow, you really lit up. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, people are fighting over money and all kinds of stuff. And so, but one of the uh, things about the writer's strike is that there's this rule that, um, and, and we all want to do the right thing, that podcasts, you know, can't promote certain projects. But I am allowed to talk about books that I love that's, that people have written. And that's why... I wanted to talk to you because you've written a book, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult, and which is a fantastic title, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult by Maria Bamford. And uh, you are adored. You are a beloved uh, stand-up comic. And you wrote a fantastic book. And I just wanted to say, start off by saying congratulations. And to everyone listening right now, go get this book. It's fantastic. And there's so much to talk about here because your whole career has been you are so open about what you've been through, and man, you've been through a lot. Listen, I like to, uh, well, monetize uh, self uh, real. Yeah, I, I like telling everybody everything, and it turns out that's a cash cow. Uh, so, so you're going to say monetize your pain? That's yeah. You... Well, or just like, have you ever read the book The Giving Tree? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, um, which I'm trying to rewrite it as the giving condo uh but all there was was the shade of the condo and you can lay in the shade you can't come in because you sold it to russia but, um, uh, uh the giving tree it, the premise is the tree gives everything until finally all there is is a stump for the little boy to sit on who is now an old man mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, I have nothing left to give except uh, you know stories i do like I like open book accounting. That's one of my last things I have to give. I'm a multimillionaire. I am uh, worth $3.5 million in assets. So that's multi. And, uh, you know, so I feel like 
And, and my dad passed away, which means uh, he was a physician. Uh, I am white. It was generational wealth. Uh, so I'm I'm doing okay over here. And I think the one thing I have to give is full, you know, open full book disclosure. accounting. Yeah. Full, di- yeah. full disclosure. Yeah, because I love companies that do that. Chobani Yogurt, where they, to- they taught everybody in the company, got to take accounting classes, and then find out what everything in the uh, yearly report means. Uh, so there's actually some way you can argue way for a raise or to go, oh, that's why I'm paid that amount. Huh, I'm yeah. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Listen, I go a different route than Chobani. Uh-huh. See, I go more of a, I don't know, let's say Vladimir Putin <laughs> route. Yeah. It's no one's there. business uh, how much wealth there is in the walls of the Kremlin. No mysteries. And, mysteries. Uh, yeah, if people ask any questions, they just go away. Yes, and there's so a lot that's of poison. Kind of, poison in the muffins. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Gorley, have a muffin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wipe no. my doorknobs before I use them. <laughs> no, but but it's. Uh, and I put that in the book, like mm-hmm. I put in a, a financial bit of like a because I found that I find this stuff fascinating, and not because I know anything. Like I'm, I don't know anything about money, nor do I know if I'm doing a, the right thing or the wrong thing. Uh, but it is such an emotional topic. Yep. I find it, you know, people get so mad or so embarrassed or so ashamed, including myself. Like every time I see my accountant, I'm just like. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they're saying. You know, oh, you're in the same amount. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> like, I, it doesn't, yeah, it, it, it's the emotions uh, don't match uh, the numerics. It, it's interesting. It it flips, it can flip so quickly from the, the, the flip between gratitude that you have something and rage that you don't have more of that thing is so instantaneous and it's such a human thing. Yeah, you know? or somebody asking, have, have you ever been asked to do something for free. Oh, yeah. Right. So, which sometimes, you know, if I think, like sometimes, let's say, and this is a current uh, shtick I'm working on, but uh, Grimace, who I, I know Grimace, uh, is, it doesn't even matter who the person is, but sometimes you get a text from a famous person at around midnight uh, on a Saturday night who says, you know, in sort of a business, you up? And let's just say it was Grimace, <laughs> which is the liminal space between the Hamburglar and Mayor McCheese. Yeah, I remember Grimace. And, he was, yeah, lovable. Wasn't he the, he was the, uh, the big purple pur- guy. Purple yeah, purple, but didn't oh. he represent the shakes, the milkshakes? Well, didn't they just put out a Grimace shake in yes. commemoration he's of having his a birthday moment. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's definitely <laughs> doing yeah. well. Grimace is ha- finally having his moment. Yeah, yeah. and I love Grimace. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Grimace said, hey, do you want to work on this thing tomorrow? And Wait no, a minute. Grimace, the character from McDonald's? Well, it's, it's, it's a placeholder. A, it's a placeholder for someone I know. Vladimir Putin. Oh, Let's I see. Let's just say it's Vladimir I Putin. I see. Okay. You could have just said someone I know. Why are we talking about Grimace? Because it has to have the weight and yes. the celebrity <laughs> and the authority oh, and it. the fear involved, right. the anxiety involved of meeting someone as powerful as Grimace face to face <laughs> in your own living room. Yes. Like there's some wow. sort of like your knees shake a little you, bit. You, and okay. I basically, and I also, the minute you said Grimace, I know what celebrity you're talking about. <laughs> but go ahead. So I, you know, I texted all my friends in Debtors Anonymous, which is a 12-step program, which is a lot like uh, Tony Robbins. If Tony Robbins uh, was a small, uh, it was about four nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk like this um anyways but uh 
And I said, you know what? I really want to get paid for this. And uh, so I asked, I asked Grimace for about 800 bucks. And 300 bucks was to pay the venue that he wanted to use in my neighborhood. 100 bucks would be the tips for the barista to keep it quiet. Uh, <laughs> 200 bucks uh, to... Uh, oh no, 100 bucks for the person who we were going to commandeer into doing uh, something with us, and then 300 bucks for myself because I have an addiction to, to clogs. Anyways, <laughs> Grimace, this all sounds, very, by the way, this all sounds very reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. So now, Grimace, who I adore, uh, I think the way he paid out the money was in hundreds in a very slow fashion. Passive aggressive. Yeah, in a way that suggested he did not have the money. And uh, I know that's not true. Can't possibly be true. No, Grimace. I mean, all that money from the shakes and yeah. well, I yeah, mean, it's sh- not Grimace, but, you know, I, we, yeah. Billions served. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I just yeah, it's that kind of thing where I think I need to have empathy for Grimace because obviously they're hurt. Like they're hurt by me asking for money. Like no. there's something offensive in me asking for money. And then, you know, and also I'm. It's just interesting. Was it for for a charitable event? No, no. Oh, okay. That's so different. Wow. I do a lot of things, uh, and I I don't want to, you know, shoot my own horn, but uh, I give and give and give. Um, (laughs) So many charitable causes, but that I get. I understand. Sure, I'll show up and 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 do the thing. And here is my argument with charity gigs. I am often asked by a fan, uh, the people they're trying to get money from are not fans. Uh, they are very wealthy people in Napa Valley or somewhere where I recently did a benefit and bombed uh, so hard uh, because people in Napa Valley, they've had some wine. They don't want to hear about schizophrenia research and my chunk on suicidal uh, ideation. They would like to have uh, Howie Mandel come up as soon as possible. Um, and that's why, that's why I refuse to do benefits. Cause right. I, I just, I just think it's, I'm I, hurting people. I got to point. a point and there's no way around it, but you, tell me if you agree, performing for people who are eating. Ugh. I, that's just this thing that when I hear chewing and I hear silverware <laughs> and gulping, when I'm trying to tell a joke that I sweated over, I, I'm very unhappy. Thanks a lot, Gorley. <laughs> Gorley's also eating a massive cobbler right now with a big wooden spoon. Yeah, it feels sad. And if there's, I mean, I don't know, if, if some people are enjoying themselves, for me, uh, I feel like it's uh, like a a gig where it's like combat duty where I'm like yeah. taking a bullet yeah, you are. for somebody. And so it's like, it's unnecessary and everybody's suffering. I think it's right and healthy for you to say, okay, here's what I need in return. It's not outrageous. You just wanted to pay off some people and you wanted some clogs. That is very <laughs> reasonable. Thank you so much. Well, and I, I just, it is also fascinating. Just I'm a comedian who, you know, I'm in the middle of the pack or whatever. So the opening salary for comics has not gone up in the 30 years that I've been working. So people mm. are still getting a hundred bucks a week, 200 bucks a week. And I think many, I didn't know that. And so I started asking people and I was like, say what? Like, cause I'm, I'm making tons more than that. You know, uh, I mean, depending on what city I'm in. Uh, but <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also Oklahoma, not so much. Not a draw. Not a draw. I you, won't be back. I won't you, be back. <laughs> it's fine. Do you realize you're crying right now? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of tears. Um, but I find it very interesting, including for myself. Like, there is no reason I should ever feel afraid or angry about money ever again. 
ever again. And uh, and yet I do. I'll feel like this weird thing. Also, with Grimace, like, I did not have to do the gig. I didn't. I could have said no because, like, I got friends. You know, I got I got enough love in my life. Like, what is it that's pushing me to feel like, oh, I got to get the the prestige or the bright, you know, like someone right, to right. Uh, pay more attention to me, which is so sad, which I loved about uh, John Mulaney's special of like, now I just need to get a little more attention. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's the only thing I need. Um, but yeah, so and that's weird, too, you know, like uh, and it's about, gre- you know, greed of attention, but greed of you know, which I think is a part of our society in terms of, you know, why are the rich getting so much richer and why, do, you know, anyways. <sighs> I'm sorry, I fell asleep in my own narrative. <laughs> you know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans... (laughs) Provide protection <laughs> on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need CarShield. I do. And you know I, you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So CarShield would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, CarShield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for, or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. (laughs) 
Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest Doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. Okay, this is what I'm taking away from, from what you just said and also from your book, which is you are constantly, I mean, just now you're talking, you're analyzing society, but also yourself, but also what does money mean? There's so much that you're thinking about all the time and it all goes back to this, I want you to say compulsion yes. to think and consider everything. Yes. And you talk <laughs> a lot about OCD and how you've been battling OCD really your entire life. Yeah. I mean, now it's not so bad because, you know, once you find out what the thing is, you know, you go to it and then they go, oh, that's just that. And you go, oh. Once you put a name on it. Yeah, once you put a name on it. You take away its power. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have intrusive uh, OCDs, which usually are taboo thoughts. So whatever is taboo in your society, you know. When you were a kid, you told your mother. Yes. Because it's in the book. You told your mother that you had these thoughts of harming the family. Yes. And she said... Honey, it's okay if you're gay. <laughs> All right. Well, now you just added a whole new set of. <laughs> yep. That's how. That's how a gay person comes out. I'm thinking yeah. of murdering the family. Yeah. And somehow, ho- hom- being homosexual was worse in the '80s than being a serial killer. Right. Right. Like, like... Why can't you be more like Ted Bundy? <laughs> He's heterosexual. <laughs> now, yeah, at least like the ladies. You say. <laughs> you say that your mom, because you talk a lot about your mom and you talk about how she was kind of, you think, one of the catalysts or one of the maybe moving forces behind you getting into show business. Totally. Why? My how? mom, she, well, she loves things that are shiny, but she, she also, and this is something I realized after she passed, I always thought she had like style, like she knew what was the best thing. And now I realize, oh, she just choice, chose to see everything she got as the best. So yes. this microphone is just darling. No, you can tell it's quality. <laughs> it's made, it's handcrafted by someone in the water. Oh, I love it, Conan. I love it. I'm a lucky kitty. <laughs> but that's that's actually a lovely quality. Yes. And so how does that translate into you wanting to go into show business? Well, because she was often distracted, which I think may have been a result of not getting enough calories but uh you know always sort of like 
it needed it needed to have some shine on it. So my sister became a physician. That seemed to get her enough attention. Like, oh well, my my older daughter is a, is a doctor, and she has four children with her husband, <laughs> Mark. And then you know, and then it was sort of me on my end. It was quiet for a number of years. Uh-huh. Well, Maria's just figuring it out. She's just <laughs> figuring it out. But like. Oh, my God. As soon as, you know, she has been. Well, the first TV spot I got was on your show, you know. That's in 1999, I think. Yeah. You came on late night. She's on television. Like, she would just light up about, uh, yeah, consumer or uh, anything with a. uh, Yeah, she loves status. Loves status. I have, and I've talked about this, I think, before on the podcast, but I have this picture on my desk that someone took when I was at an event. It was my parents. It's probably like 15 years ago. And it's both of my parents laughing really hard because I'm on stage in the picture. I'm not in the picture. It's just both my parents laughing really hard. And I asked, someone showed me that picture and I said, could I have that? And I framed it and I keep it on my desk because if anyone ever needs the reason why, and it's very primal, yeah, but yeah. it is, see those two people yeah, that made me yes. laughing? <laughs> That's why. That's why. That's the whole thing. And yeah. as you know, I'm I'm wondering if it's I'm as I've in your book you make it clear that when you get up on stage and you get that kind of approval and laughter, it does resonate because you've felt it before. It's when you were a kid and your parents were going, Yay. Hey, get on the feels, box for Papa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same dopamine head. Oh, it's just delightful. I don't know if anybody's heard of uh Suzuki violin or that's a it's it's a way people teach their kids music and it came out of Japan. And it all is all about if you teach a kid early enough, they can do anything. So you start at two years old, you will have a weirdly, you know, uh, talented whatever it is. Very unhappy. Know. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps unhappy, <laughs> dependent mal- on. malformed hands. <laughs> but you can, t- you know, kids can do anything. So, so, and you talk about this in the book because you did Suzuki violin. What age did you start? Three. Now, whose idea was it? Your mom or your dad? Well, they said, honey, you can do dance or violin. And I didn't really know what either of those were. Yeah, you're three. I was three. So I said, why not the V sound? And then uh, started doing that. Now, what little did I know what she said, which I didn't understand that either. She said, you cannot quit until you're 12 years old. And I didn't understand time and how, how that worked. But right. yeah, I mean, the great thing about that, it kept me off the pipe, off the pole. And also... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Actually, it's something you could use on the pole. Yeah, I mean, kids kids are incredibly malleable, and if they if you look as a parent that you're pleased at the actions that they're you know performing, whether that's factory work in a chicken parts uh, situation, or they you will do it, you will continue to do it and get better. How at good it. did you get at piano um, using this method? I got. I mean, be- piano, violin, violin. violin. Yeah, I mean, uh, be funny if you got really good at the piano. That'd be very strange. <laughs> uh, you know, weirdly good where you go, oh, wow, that's crazy. You know, where uh, I think I got to book eight out of 10 and I went to the Interlochen Music Camp, International uh, Music Camp. Did it give you any joy? Not really. I did not enjoy it. The part I liked was getting up on stage. I liked that part. And then um, I kind of liked the feel of victory. Like if I whooped somebody, like if somebody didn't do well and then I did well, (laughs) like, which is monstrous. And what I liked more was uh, 
getting laughs and stuff because I did some theater and stuff as a kid and speeches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I moved to Los Angeles. There were two other comedians who are female uh, doing uh, acts with violence. And really? so I said to myself, I think I... I can kick this to the curb now. Henny young women. Henny young women. Uh, <laughs> I well, and yeah, I think Henny young women genuinely love to play. Yeah, okay. uh, I have. And I Jack have, Benny famously, yeah, uh, played. I see, played much. I think better violin than he let on. Oh. Right. Uh, but it was part of his act as well, which yeah. is everyone hates my violin playing. You know. <laughs> right. That's well. That's that's a good act. There's so many themes you touch on in the book. Food is one of them. Yes. Food. Let's talk about food. food. Take me through your food journey because it's been fraught. Fraught. Uh, well, I mean, I think, you know, and I've talked to other comedians, you know, said I was bulimic, which bulimic, it, bulimia, is, it's one of the ways you can be bulimic. It's just binge and then purge through exercise. You don't necessarily have to have been a vomiting purger. Uh, so maybe I don't count to some people because it is a competitive sport. Um, uh, and I did. And oh, when, vomiter, eh? <laughs> oh, my God. You get into treatment and people are like, so, I mean, have you blown out your esophagus? Like, it does get. <laughs> I mean, are you really a heroin addict? Like, it always gets competitive this is at so some point. so fascinating to me because <laughs> this is what human beings do. Everything is a competition. (laughs) You could be on a raft in a boat with three other people starving to death in the ocean because you've been at sea for, for, and you're drinking your own urine for six weeks. And people are like, you call that skinny? Yeah, I guess. Look at this over here. My pelvis is cutting through my skin. All right? Yeah. People, there's something. Some people like, yeah. So so you're saying that you're in treatment Uh, and you're getting attitude from people that don't think you qualify. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, no, like, uh, yeah. What, what, what are you here for? I, I worked at a grocery store so I could binge carrots and my my skin could turn, you know, orange, you know, that type of thing. I, yeah, it was it was bad enough that I was unable to get stuff done, you know. <laughs> so I was unable to leave my uh, dorm room when I was in college, and so mm-hmm. I called the suicide hotline, mm-hmm. said hello, and. Um, they gave me the number to Overeaters Anonymous. What? A white woman who's bulimic? How did it start? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, anyways, so it's not that interesting of a story. And in fact, I've told comedians and they're just like, yeah, that's everybody's. Well, then everyone has an eating disorder. And I'm like, well, OK, fair enough. <laughs> I don't think you should be looking to other comedians for sympathy. Because <sighs> it, we're, we're all the worst people. <laughs> so that's the first problem. <laughs> hey, that's not funny. You got to punch that up. Yeah, yeah. The part where you call the suicide hotline. Like, no, no, you don't end there. You punch it with this. Okay, you're talking to the wrong people. Well, and it, 988 if you need to call it. Uh, but sometimes there is a 45 to 90 minute wait to so call anybody. I called Hertz Rent a Car, South Pasadena, California. They picked up on the first ring. Um, anyways, just <laughs> FYI, 988 is not always uh, perfect. Are you being serious right now? That, I am being totally that, serious. That if you. You text. Uh, and this is important because you've been through this experience yes. and you've had very dark thoughts. And this is something to take seriously. Yeah. Uh, 988 is the number you call if you're having suicidal th- thoughts or f- fear of hurting yourself or right. someone else. And uh, but, but but if you don't get them, do you really believe that you should call anyone else? Oh, I think, yeah, lower the bar to accessing mental health because there's such I don't know. I think it's such a load of bullshit. Like they have all these memes going, hey, you ask for help, you know, tell someone. And it's like, 
you cannot get an appointment if you even have insurance for six weeks, six to eight weeks, and then they'll only see you maybe four times if you've had a traumatic event. And that event, you can only have a therapist like Kaiser is notorious for this, where they can only see you once a month. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a shit ton of money, you can throw money in the street and burn it. And they'll sometimes there's some shitty. I went to uh, I went to the hospital to for because I was uh, concerned about myself mm-hmm. uh, for a night for a three three day hold, mm-hmm. and. Um, I thought they took my insurance. Turned out they didn't. Uh, they said they needed all the money in cash, which made me laugh uh, in retrospect uh, because <laughs> isn't uh, spending an enormous amount of money on something that's going to be worthless uh, a sign of mania? But <laughs> but it was not good. It wasn't great. Like if you look in the back of the New Yorker and there's all those mental health care places, if you read about experiences people have had there, it's just a holding tank. I went to this one place where it was very expensive. Uh, they said they had yoga classes, a pool. You get there, nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. It's a lot of carbs. There's hash browns. You will put on at least 20 pounds, and the pool is closed. Pool is closed due to insurance concerns. This is most motels I've stayed it's in. A, most motels. Uh, there's hash browns, and the pool's always closed. Yeah, well, that's why. I think you went to a motel. Hampton. Hampton. <laughs> Hampton Inn. Uh, but just. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you can feel like you've been gaslit sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, am I not getting the right care? And just know it will be shit. Like, and be surprised if you get anything a little better than. Uh, you know, if you get any eye contact, you know, just I, I just I hate I hate that thing where it's like, hey, you with the ongoing trauma and the schizoaffective disorder, get a massage, <laughs> take a walk, you know, and it's like it's not it's not that easy. Yeah. Um, nor is it uh, always pleasant. One of the things that you do so well, so effectively is. Uh, and effective is a cold term because I, I admire the way you do it. You're brutally honest about all these painful things you've been through and you never, you're always funny too at the same time. You manage to get the salty and the sweet mixed up very beautifully. And I I think that's uh, edifying. That's helpful for a lot of people. Well, you know? that's my current thing in terms of, oh, this is a punchline, but uh Now I call the anti-abortion people because all their literature says life is a gift. Have them take the time to prove it to you. Uh, I recently (laughs) called, hi, I'm not pregnant. My mother was. And that saucy bitch, she kept it. Now it's 52 years later. What's the plan? I I would really like to be placed in a loving home. (laughs) That's beautiful. (laughs) I've got some phone calls I'd like to make. I think we all have some calls we'd like to make. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I think we can also be there for each other a lot more that the peer advocacy, I've just trained to be a, peer advocate and uh, a lot of um, you can have lived experience, take a test and then be paid uh, to work in the mental health system if you have lived experience with addiction or mental health. And um, I think we can help each other a lot more by yeah. being you know, being more open with it and then also 
the availability of like, hey, yeah, you don't have to go into a hospital necessarily or find the right therapist, which is a thing in Los Angeles. Like, you've got to see this guy. He's a psychopharmacologist. He's on he's on retainer. So it's five grand a month. But I see him on a helicopter pad. And he lets he me really, do ayahuasca. He really helped. He really <laughs> like, helped. He helped Grimace so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love Grimace. Let's be clear about that. Well, you know, that's the other possibility is that we used to live and, you know, I always think about evolution. We evolved and we evolved to live in groups of about, I don't know, 50, 60. All of us would live in a small area and the postman would come in when he brought you the mail and sit with you and you'd offer him a piece of coffee cake and you'd talk for 20 minutes. And there was a lot of that kind of bonding. Yeah. If, I don't want my postman to come in and no, there's no coffee cake. But get to know the names of your barista. Who knows what they've been through or taken at a you know community college. Like, I, I feel like that is genuinely can be like, I, I mean, I, tr I try to uh, mention I'm bipolar everywhere I go so that, you know, if somebody needed something just because uh, I think they're that that kind of yeah safety net of. Yeah, you're just you're surrounded by people who can help and who want to help. Everybody wants to feel useful. Everyone wants to have a IRL experience. <laughs> so, so you've been diagnosed with bipolar two. Yes, which is the that's the 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 easier sort of bipolar from what I've heard. I so you've had a competitive conversation with someone oh, who's bipolar yes. one. Oh, bipolar two. <laughs> okay. Well, that must be a nice holiday. So you've never had psychosis. I was told to murder by my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you've been in several psych wards. You talk uh, about that in the book. Just two different ones. Glendale Adventist Psychiatric uh, Medical Center. I was in uh, West, Psych West. Um, and then uh, I was at the Last Encina, still in business. Do not recommend it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just gave them a bad Yelp review. Well, no, no. I never give bad reviews. Okay. I always feel like well, everyone's having a hard enough time. Okay. Uh, well, mm -hmm. here's the thing. The psychiatrist there, who has since retired, uh, he, when I went in, because, yeah, I got to see a psychiatrist, which is amazing. And he not only, uh, he Googled me during the session, but oh. then played some of my act back oh, to me no. and said, oh, you're pretty funny. Unless I say I'm Richard Pryor, you know, like, unless. And wait until I've left. You know, if if I'm having some sort of uh, experience where I think I'm somebody else, and <laughs> just assume, well, may maybe she's a comedian. Like, <laughs> like maybe she's right. like because I think I I said I was a comedian, which is always a terrible idea uh, to say in in a uh, hospital circumstance. But I uh, isn't the first thing you get. Tell me a joke. Uh yes. yes. Or wherever I've seen you, or you know, and all jobs have that sort of thing. You know. Uh, I know I've, I've heard people say, if you know, you're, oh, I'm an administrative assistant. Oh, oh, like, you know, they, sometimes you don't get any questions. Right. And you have a lot to say. <laughs> when you go to these places and you're in that state, are you ever thinking about comedy or looking around and thinking? No. 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 I mean, if you're having a, a emergency event for any sort of whether that's a physical or a mental uh, issue, you're not. The, yeah, no, no. You're in a completely altered state. Yeah, just 
uh, yeah, no, I wanted to, I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. I was not feeling good. Yes. Yeah, so no, it's like uh, something's broken or yeah, you don't go, <laughs> you know, this pain. <laughs> I know somebody take notes on this. I mean, maybe you are. Uh, I, I worry know. that I would, but I'm <laughs> I'm deeply I'm like, how could I use this? And I, but I, I, the pain you're describing, to be honest with you, is a pain I have not felt. Right. So yeah. I cannot relate. Yeah, I hadn't, and I hadn't felt that either. I don't think I had felt uh, that. Uh, you know, of just like your brain. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Mm. And that feeling of like, oh, I, there's no me here. And um, yeah, I just did not, like every moment was excruciating. I was so mm. grateful when they came around with the meds. I was just like, oh my God, knock me out with a a, a hammer. And mm. um, they don't do that anymore. That was the 60s. <laughs> um, but that, that, yeah, that, that ended with the three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really nice. Like, um, Jonathan Winters, uh, he he had had, I, I think, a few psychotic episodes. And in the 60s, I think they would just, uh, everyone was just, there was just a big jar of Allium. And mm-hmm. then they would they'd just numb you out. And he was there for months. Um, but my friend, um, I have a friend who's friends of his, and... <laughs> I was so out of it. I was just like, he's like, I'm calling Jonathan. He'll tell you it's going to be okay. And I'm like, okay. Oh, God. Ha, ha. I could barely talk, but he was like, oh, you have a good shrink. And I said, well, yeah. I said, well, you know, just keep going. All I can do is keep going, which is really the only advice anyone can give you uh, at it's any time. It's also that generation, life. Depression era, World War II, yeah, fighter going. pilot. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes is the right advice to get, like pull yourself together and keep going. Well, and I think that, that the experience of uh, like a suicidal depression really has given me empathy for people in my life who have committed suicide. Mm. Uh, I think there's tremendous guilt, but also sometimes people are angry at people who committed suicide and um, that you just don't know the level of suffering right, someone right. has experienced. And uh <laughs> Anyways, it, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's inappropriate. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> that makes you kind of a monster, I think. Well, ouch. Yeah. Uh, ouch. Like, ouch um, is not the appropriate <laughs> response to me calling you a monster. <laughs> Hitler, you're a monster. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> Stalin, you're Satan. Ouch. Oh, hey. Well, that's dumb. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said that. One of the causes of your break was you'd lost your dog. You were really connected to your dog. Yes. I Blossom. love my dog. Blossom. The awesome pug. Blossom. The awesome dog. She's a super. Anyways, you guys don't what know the, it. What was that? Um, it's a song. <laughs> he read a song for every dog that you get. He read a song for him. And um, she's a beautiful girl. And I, I was, I think I was kind of uh, going into a hypomanic state. And so... Uh, but one of the things I did is I forgot to put a ramp back to our back of our uh, backyard. Mm-hmm. And so she, Thelma and Louise did uh, out to the back. And she was around nine years old and um, oh. she died. Yeah. And um, it really sucked. And I felt so ashamed. And the great thing uh, is that if you do anything horrible, uh, you can Google it. And someone else will come up and said, you know, I, I started talking about on stage. People are like, I sat on my rabbit, you know, like 
But it, on purpose. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. But, that's that's but, how I took my rabbit out. <laughs> well, I thought it was the quickest way. I said, you're going to get a little sit down, mister. <laughs> but everything miserable has happened to somebody. Yes, you know, somebody's yes. left a baby in a hot car and then, you know, uh, written a book about it and is now on tour. And that's the great thing about the Internet is that you can find that you are never alone. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, that that was just I felt so awful. But, you know, that. it is, it is, I mean, we all, uh, I know you have a dog. You have Oki. I have Oki. And you have Margo. Margo. You know Margo. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, I have two dogs. And you get really involved in these oh. animals. And in a way, you get more involved because you feel like almost you could have, I don't know. They don't, they're just always there for you. You know, I, I'm never... I'm never sarcastic with one of my dogs. You know what I mean? It just, no, I'm yeah, just like, yeah. you, I love you. It's just, it, all the emotions are very pure. That's the difference between a dog and a cat. I feel like I'm always there for my cat and she's very sarcastic with me. Oh, no, you know? cats are assholes. Oh, yeah, but this one, cats she's are the worst. A, she's a plus size model. Oh, let's be, oh, she's a sassy lady. Did she put on a, a kitten heel? <laughs> Um, she puts on fishnets and then eats them yeah (laughs) maria i want to say something uh about you which is you're a terrific comedian and i think you're a really brave person because you just put these things out there that uh i think would be difficult for a lot of people to talk about and you're honest about it and you're you whatever alchemy you're performing to make it funny something Nice for other people, but also informative. That's a real gift. Thank so you. thank you. Yeah. Th- yeah. Seriously, thank you for being here Yay. and for doing this. And uh, thank, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's been a been a delight. I'm sorry I didn't get to talk with any of these other lovely people who seem. What What are you guys doing over there? Well, that's the thing. We don't know who they are. Yeah, we never. Yeah, understood. they just they just sit back there. I'm actually not listening to this podcast. <laughs> I have another podcast. Yeah. That's Eduardo. Eduardo uh, designed this studio. Really? Yeah, and did it. He asked to be paid, and I said, uh, "Come on, yeah. I'm a friend. <laughs> We're buddies. You're buddies." Yeah, no. Um, I paid my parents. I paid my parents uh, to work for me. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah, no, uh, they didn't get union union rates, but um, <laughs> no. but they were in one of my specials, and I paid them nine hundred bucks a piece, as well as gave them dinner. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's really nice of you. Spent every penny. <laughs> <laughs> I had my parents intern for me. <laughs> And uh, they never got paid. And I said they'd get college credit. Yeah. And I never gave it to them. That. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's another and way I had to them, go with I it. I had them doing like yard work. <laughs> it wasn't even at my yard or anything associated with the show. No, just, just pulling just weeds. Weekend. Yeah, it was just, yeah. exactly. Yeah, my 94-year-old dad was weed whacking when he took both of his legs off. <laughs> and he went, oh, no. Oh. Anyway, he's doing well. He's a happy torso. Um <laughs> Maria Bamford, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo there's this new thing called rap i don't know what's happening anymore but guess what in a world full of change there's one thing that hasn't changed Mm -hmm. the great taste of miller light are you with me on this oh yeah i'm right there with you yeah and you know another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less 
filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. I think we're celebrating recently a very special anniversary. Yeah, uh, we tape a little bit ahead, so I don't know exactly when this is going to come out, but today uh, is September 13th, and my whole career in late night started on September 13th, 1993, so it's been exactly 30 years since I started, and um, it feels like a long, because so much has happened, it feels like a long time ago, but I will always remember that day yeah. The, uh, we did our first television show. And a lot of young people uh, don't know or rightly <laughs> don't care. But at the time, it was kind of a, who is this guy? I was a complete unknown and uh, hadn't been on television. And so people were, I think half the audience was tuning in just to see someone try to jump their motorcycle over a canyon and fail. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Uh, but I'll, uh, I have very fond memories of the show it was a really fun first show. It was electrifying to get to do it. You were and a baby. I was 29 when I auditioned. That's crazy. And then I had just turned 30 when I got the job. And uh, then we put it together very quickly in a couple of months. And I do have to get this all down on paper someday because it is a wild yeah. story. But uh, with the help of really talented, funny people, 
and got a good crew together, some of whom are still with me today. Jeff Ross, mm -hmm. still with me. Um, Frank, Mr. Frank Smiley, still with me. Paula Davis. Paula Davis. Uh, Gina, um, of course, Batista. Yeah. Um, and uh, it has, and, and Andy, it's just, I still see Andy almost every day because he does his podcast here in the building. Mm -hmm. And so we see each other a lot. And Andy was out there with me. Uh, and he had been hired as a writer. And immediately I thought, this guy, I just want him next to me because I'm, I'm, I'm going down the nose cone of a rocket into space. I'm probably going to get killed. I'd like to have this funny guy next to me. And so that was a blessing. So there was no original plan for you to have a sidekick? No, there was no original plan for anything. And the whole thing had to come together very quickly. Uh, but that first show, we worked really hard. Robert Smigel, my original head writer, he and I had this vision of what we wanted and we worked very hard and Jeff Ross was there helping us make it happen and he was instrumental in the whole operation. And we decided uh, that we wanted this very silly kind of sense of humor. <laughs> and we worked so hard, we had pre-tapes, we had everything just lined up so we knew our first show was gonna be good. We knew it was gonna be loaded with a lot of good stuff. So. People subsequently said, oh, you must have been terrified that day. And I remember thinking, no, I was just excited to get going. Really? And yeah, I was. Uh, I was excited. I was ex so excited to get going because the whole summer people were like, who the fuck are you? And that was my mom. Um, oh, speaking no. of that, you know how I heard about you? What? From my mom. I was away at college and she said, this is the new guy they're putting on, mm -hmm. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And then she really liked you. She watched the show. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a TV at college or I would have tuned in. It was a different time. No one had It's funny. I go back to colleges now and they have televisions and computer whatever. I just yeah. I, I didn't have a of course uh there weren't televisions when I went to college. Um <laughs> we had uh curved top radios. Mm. But um anyway, it was uh it was a really special day. And so it was just funny to wake up today and think, huh, I had some texts from people saying, wow, 30, 30 years ago today, and that changed my life completely. Yeah. Um, obviously, lots of ups and downs, but uh, just I wouldn't change a thing. Been very fortunate. There have been uh, different eras or sections. And so I went through that whole late night thing. And then Sona, I don't meet you till really the end of the late night thing and yeah. the beginning of the... Uh, tonight Show. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your help with that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like you were blaming me. No, a lot no, no. of people oh. are. A lot, lot of people, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, oh, you, you were the, the one thing that changed. Yes. Um, oh, okay. Everything no, but, was going along swimmingly. Then yeah. I came along. You're like, I can help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, look out. Um, you showed up, and then that whole era, like the tour and everything at TBS was, and this podcast and meeting you, Matt. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm very, I know it sounds sappy, but I cannot believe my good fortune. I just keep meeting new people that challenge me in different ways and I get to have more and more fun. It just seems uh, like I'm off the charts blessed. So half your life, you have been a figure. A no, that figure. would, that would make me 60. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, my, yeah. Hmm. We're putting out a press release that I am, oh, I am one third 30. of your life. You I am 30 years I am 44. Ago. Oh, okay. we're putting it. My, my, uh, my publicist had this idea this morning. That oh. we're, I'm going to 44 now. Do you oh, want to go back at the opening sorry. of this segment and say we recorded this in 1998? <laughs> 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 yes, I do. Okay. 
Well, I think President Clinton's doing a bang-up job. <laughs> I also just want to take a second to say, no, uh, yeah, I'm 60 now, and I was, tw- yeah, 29 when I auditioned, then 30 when we did the show. And, yeah. And it's so funny, when I look at clips now from that first show, or that first year of that first show, I can't believe they let that guy on television. He's so young and goofy and my hair was insane. I don't know why, but I feel like, you know, you found your stride very quickly too, though. I mean, I feel like you started and everyone just started talking about you. That's true. I heard about you from my mom, but then it was all my friend circles and we would just watch and eat oh, it that's up. Nice. I, I yeah. would never tell you probably enough what a fan I was of you. Same. You have never mentioned it. I've mentioned it at least <laughs> once. We've talked about this. Yeah, maybe in my sleep. It yeah, came out. I think so. But no, I really. Well, really... you know what's interesting, and I actually think this is the way things should be. But most of what we heard about back then, because there wasn't an internet, was we just heard from TV critics who were not happy, mm. and so we heard all this negativity, and then and the network wasn't happy, and so we were only mostly just getting uh, negativity. And then um, I remember the first summer that we, you know, we, we made it through the fall and this long, dark winter and a lot of criticism and uh, it was tough. And then we made it to the summer and kids got out of college and they came to see the show live in Rock Forest Center. And suddenly I'd walk out and the audience, and, and Robert Smigel, I talked to him about this, he remembers it too. Starting in June, I'd walk out for the monologue or for the warm up, and the crowd would go crazy. And we, I would think, is there someone behind me that they want? <laughs> you got they want, You got that they want to see? But I, I had no idea. We had no idea. We had no idea, and uh, it was so nice to finally. And then, of course, they all went back to school in the fall. Uh, do and, you think that it would have you would have read stuff if people talked about it? Because you're no, very big on not reading. No, but I would have. It wouldn't maybe would have. There are all these young performers today, uh, comedians uh, who were watching then who tell me who are so established and good and they tell me that they were watching then and really liking it. And my reaction is always to a hater or Mulaney or a Nick Kroll or any of these people. Why didn't you tell me? And they're like, I was a kid, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> we didn't know. I thought everyone hated me. And I did. I sent letters. <laughs> I shredded all the letters. <laughs> if there wasn't cash in there, I shredded them. But uh, but 30 yeah. years, that's truly remarkable and Im- impressive so yeah congratulations. And, it, and it is an amazing because it won't i don't ever see anything like that happening again where they just no. take someone who no one has ever really heard of and then make them host a, like I mean, a storied franchise well also i think the thing the television business has changed so much that at the time now there's so much television that you're always you, know, you can go home at night and you can watch ten thousand uh television shows literally on all these streaming services and they can be populated with people you've never heard of. Or you can go on the computer and watch YouTube clips and it's everybody you've never seen before. But this was back in this other era where literally there's, well, there's two late night shows and, uh, you know, and now there's going to be this, there's this third one. So we're giving a third person in America <laughs> a chance. <laughs> Who shall it be? What's the population of America? About 340 million. All right. Who should it be? Lauren Michaels, what do you think? I think maybe Conan O'Brien. Done! <laughs> Let's see. We'll need another man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's just so weird because- It is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I shouldn't have had that chance and uh, got it. And I've just been, um, and then uh, as you know, Sona, I met my 
met Liza yeah. shooting a remote on the show, so that would never have happened. And you met your husband because of the show. I met my husband because of the show. Yeah. And um, I'm marrying Matt Gorley because yeah. he's here on the oh, podcast, which sweet. wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the show. Other people on the We're show so have happy. married each other and mm-hmm. met because of mm-hmm. the show. Like, there's there's babies because of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. Many people made babies at 1230 at night back then. <laughs> yeah. Because the there was nothing hour. else. That so many people used to say, I watched you last night because I was up fucking. <laughs> I'd say, what an awful phrase. <laughs> that's too much. Maybe that's the, TMI. Yeah. That's the key to your longevity is that you're an aphrodisiac and then you made another generation of people <laughs> that no, were beholden to you. They made it very clear they were having sex when a cat stepped on the remote and the TV came on. <laughs> God damn it, I can't finish. Why? Because that idiot's on. Hair's going every which way. He's jerking around. He's talking too much. His voice is weird. That comedy's abrasive and strange. <laughs> and this is you talking. No, no. <laughs> with just, an accent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, very uh, for, feel very fortunate today to just have to, to have been around for this ride. Yeah. Well done. And now, goodbye forever. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Wait, that was unforeseen. Well, I uh, just felt like I should ride off now. No, no, no. Okay, I'll stick around. We need around. you to keep okay. going. All right, okay. I have a house. Okay. Yeah. Right, I've seen it. It's a nice house. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, with Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.